That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a quest to rewatch, deconstruct, discuss, analyze, one of these times, possibly even debate, Zack Snyder's Dawn of Justice, the ultimate cut. Yeah. If, if that wasn't already clear, people who are, I hope I, if people are, geez, have been with us since the beginning, that's obvious by now. Yeah, well, I, I hope anybody that is here has been with us since the beginning and not yeah. and not jumping in. If you are jumping in for the first time now, welcome. Go back to minute one. We'll we'll catch you in 35 minutes. I'm trying to think if we've even developed a shorthand. I guess we wouldn't know if we have by no, now. No, not really. I mean, is it is it too subtle or too obvious? I, that's yeah. Maybe. Uh, oh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Oh, we, ha- we haven't had a Nolanism in a minute. No, it's been a while. They've kind of diverged, which I'm happy about. Yeah. We left in minute 35. Wallace Keith was gazing up at the extended finger of Superman. That's a weird sentence, but that's where we left it in minute 35. We arrive now at minute 36. Right now, there is 10 seconds between us and this minute. Ken, your sports today. I want you to go over to Gotham, follow up on the football. Underdog dreams dashed 10 yards between Gotham and glory. Oh, um, watch yourself over there in Gotham. Don't let him take your lunch money. Sir, sir. <laughs> my favorite part of my favorite part of that is the way that he says, "Don't do it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a parent saying, "Like, how could you possibly know what this guy is about to do?" And it it always feels like I know that Wallace isn't like staring at him, holding the can up. Well, but he throws the he throws the cap at him too. It's <laughs> like, no, no, There's I'm a gonna... horrified jogger. Yeah, yeah. That um. Well, actually, I guess <laughs> speaking of yeah, like a, like a parent, it's funny. One of my my mom, when I was a kid, thought I was going to be a sociopath because – or I was a sociopath, I guess. We have the title of our episode. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she walked into the kitchen once. I was like, what, two two or three or something like that? I think it was like two or two and a half. And um, and she walked into the kitchen and I had climbed up like on a stool and gotten an open tub of Cool Whip with a sp- and I had a spoon in my hand. Okay. And she was like standing in the door and she thought like, oh, if I like make a move towards him, he'll just drop the spoon and run. <laughs> Because he's a kid, you know, and he's just trying to whatever. And so she starts to move towards me. And instead of dropping the spoon and running, I just started shoveling as much as I could possibly get into my mouth before she got to me. And she was like, he is not afraid of repercussions. Wow. I am raising a monster. Or a cat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess 50-50. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So, oh, so you really felt for Wallace in this moment? Oh yeah, I mean yeah. his rebellious spirit. Yeah, don't don't do it. <laughs> Did you? Were you screaming like false god? Like through a mouthful <laughs> no. of cool in here, mom? <laughs> no, no, I just stared her down and, and ate as much as I could. Um, which like having um having a couple of kids of my own now, I can very much understand that. Like, wait, do I have a? Is this a demon child? <laughs> like, <laughs> like there there are moments we were like, oh no, is this? Do I need to? <laughs> Did we talk about Scoot McNary when we talked about Wallace Keefe the first time? We did not praise him enough. I can say I know that automatically. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's an opportunity that we missed. And since this is a lighter minute, I think maybe it may be a good opportunity to do that. And I think the second he signed on for Batman v Superman, like before we really knew anything about the movie, I was super hyped. Yeah. Just the fact that he was involved because he's one of those actors who 
I can't even tell you everything that I've seen. He's like, I never know what it is that he's even in. Mm-hmm. I, it's almost like I always find out after the fact. I'm like, that was Scoot McNary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I think I had just seen Killing Them Softly, mm. and, which, which I absolutely love. And, um, and I knew he was going to be in BVS. And so not just the fact that he was involved, but, well, I guess the fact that he's involved, but the fact that it's, he's not someone that is just takes jobs. Yeah. His, his involvement to me is always an endorsement of the script as well. He's, he's like, um, He's like the millennial John Hawks, where if you see John Hawks in anything, it's like, oh man, okay, this must be a terrific project if it was worth doing for him. Yeah. And there are very few character actors that you can say that about. Like, I could rattle off, because I think right before this, his, like, the Venn diagram of his projects and Ben Affleck's overlap more and more. There was Argo, and then there was Gone Girl. Yeah, I mean, I was I was with you 100%. When they said Scoop McGarry was in the movie at all, it was just like, okay, well, first of all, I have to assume Ben Affleck, everyone he meets is just like, you know, we got to get Scoot in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he was well, he was one of the – of all of those hostages in Argo, he's the one that I can always picture immediately. Well, and I don't know. This is always – and of course, you know, knock on wood because I'm sure I'm, the fact that I'm saying this is going to change it. And, and this is not to stoke – this is not to stoke like fanboy wars or whatever – but he's one of those actors who, like, I don't think he would ever be in an MCU movie. Mm. Like, I just can't, like, that. I can't see that having any remote appeal yeah. to him. Well, it's like... um, Like Scoot McNary in Jurassic Park 4. That's yeah. Why he yeah, won't exactly. do that. I shouldn't say just Marvel, but, but yeah, any, any, like, like typical blockbuster. Yeah. And, or it's, like, the same thing as, like, Brad Pitt with... with um, he was being interviewed for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And they were talking about his cameo in Deadpool, and and he was like, "Oh yeah, they found the perfect role for me." And the and he was asked, <laughs> I think it was Josh Horowitz was doing the interview, and he said, "So do you have any interest in any other superhero movies? Can we expect to see you again?" And he was like, mm, "No, I think I've I think I've had my fill." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know it's Brad Pitt, so you know I think Brad Pitt and Scoot McNary aren't exactly not the same caliber, but like the same um, type of, of actor. Obviously he's a, he's a way, way bigger name. Sure. Sure. But, um, but that's kind of how I feel about, about Scoot McNary. Like he'll be the fact that he was in Batman V Superman does not mean that he's like just taking, like he's like, he's not going to be in a transformers movie or, yep. or something like that. I guess it stoked rumors that he was playing a more substantial role because he was, I won't say like his star was rising, but he was definitely becoming a name and not, yeah. a, not just a face. And, it is so interesting in hindsight because he obviously just must have been interested in being a part of the project because he does have a relatively small role and very few scenes. So yeah, but imagine imagine Zack Snyder pitching this character to him. Like I like in hindsight, you you can look at this and it and it makes complete sense. And also there's the there's the question of when he signed on for the character. Was he signing on for yeah for Wallace O'Keefe or was he signing on for Metallo? Yeah. What performance capture probably it wouldn't be a oh god what was that amazing spider-man 2 paul giamatti <laughs> right man of steel too like you know michael shannon <laughs> it's definitely yeah. falls into the exact same camp as scoot McNary, where if he's signing on to play even a small role it's oh gosh okay i have to see this because something yeah. about this has drawn him into it and he gets we haven't got to it yet but he does get the the honorific uh f-bomb yeah of this, of this not R-rated movie. So that in itself, maybe that's just why he wanted to do it. Hey, we want you to be in this Batman and Superman <laughs> movie and you get to say the F word. It's like, yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I, like, I don't want to downplay his, his involvement at all because I think that Wallace Keefe is really probably, I don't want to say the most important because, you know, there's a lot of important parts, but he's one of the, the most unsung 
parts of the movie when it comes to like significant roles and what's going on. Yeah. And actually, and sort of tying back to some of the events of this minute and you see what he's doing and he's, he gets up there to paint the false God. He's lashing out and, and you, you sort of tie it back to one of the major themes of the movie, which is Alfred's speech of, yeah, of feelings of powerlessness make good men cruel. Innocence die. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and so you look at this and he is, he feels like a hard, like he seemed like a nice guy in the beginning, right? It was like, oh, hey, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> I mean, his, his <laughs> legs were gone, but like you kind of got the, that got the sense that like he was a, I don't know, he, he seemed like a, like a, like a nice guy, at least as far as you'd think. Finding he seemed a like guy a real Scoot the... McNary. <laughs> yeah. You know, at least as, as much as you would think finding a guy in the rubble with his legs cut off. Yeah. But, um, you're the boss, boss. Yeah. And then, but here he's so, so hardened and, and it, understandably, because like life, life has been hard. But he, he has been, he lost his, his dignity and his, yeah. um, and his legs. And I guess he talks more about that later, which we can, you know, talk about the specifics of that in the capital scene. But when it comes to the idea of of feelings of powerlessness, like he he may he may be lost, he, like he knows that in a more real sense than Batman or or Superman or Lex ever do. Yeah. Like Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne are are angry because like of um you know billionaire problems. But he's mad because he he literally lost like everything. He lost his family. Yeah. He he lost his livelihood. He lost his like. He is the stand-in for all of the normal people. Yeah, and he can't hatch a, a plot to get Superman or or you know, or go out at night and start beating criminals to to find out how to um how to how to take down Superman or, or you know, he he doesn't yeah. have any of that. All he has is like his arms and a can of spray paint. And so it's kind of really fascinating to to see where he's going with this and how you know what does this really have to do with anything well he kind of kickstarts the um i guess not yeah. to get in the next minute but he by painting that on on superman's chest it begins a dialogue yep. in the film that is he's the match yeah yeah exactly and there's a there's a there's a powder keg waiting to be yep. lit and and him kind of being pushed over the edge uh is is a key role in that. Yeah. And he will continue to play a part throughout the movie also. So anyway, so for such a small character, I can really see why Zack Snyder could would get Scoot McNary to agree to this. Or maybe he asked uh, Ben Affleck to to get him on. But but the the point is that I can see the pitch being really appealing to him. Yeah. It's cool also because like he, he kind of what you were saying, his his master plan that we see him crafting is climb onto a statue and and graffiti. Yeah, well, it's funny because in the, in the uh, I think it was two minutes ago, or maybe the, it was last minute. I think I mentioned that it looks like he's doing like some anarchist cookbook sort of yeah, like, yeah. like it looks like a fuse that he's cutting on some sort of a canister, and and it turns out it's just because he doesn't have legs, and so he needs to like strap, he needs yeah. a strap on his spray paint can so he can carry it up when he climbs up the statue, and that's what he was building. Yeah, and all he really wants to do is send a message. I guess we'll we will find out what that message is in the next minute. But this minute, after we see the delightful, don't you do it? Uh, he does in fact do it. Yeah, uh, and we cut from him to a short distance away in Metropolis. We get our first look at the Daily Planet newsroom. I guess we got a couple glimpses of it with Lois, but we've now seen the the new Daily Planet newsroom where Clark Kent is a regular established reporter. Lois has gotten a call from the crime lab, which is purely just a kind of check in with what she's been doing. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Well, and then and then Perry is just like, Kent, you're on sports today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you are subbing in to write about sports. We kind of alluded to this before. How are we going to justify what Perry says that 
underdog <laughs> dream stashed <laughs> 10 yards between Gotham and Glory when we know that they were absolutely blown out and embarrassed? Yeah, well, I think – and I think we, we talked about this a little bit with Lex – is that I think that there is more time passage going on here mm-hmm. than than the editing necessarily indicates. And so I think that maybe it's referring to a different game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. But I, I think that's that's the case. And I wish that was, you know, maybe a little bit more clear because obviously, you know, it doesn't line up with the game that we watched. But Well, and I suppose we can, you know – I mean, that was Gotham State, right? So we can assume that it might be a professional football team, professional football game that is just unrelated to the one that we saw being played that would have been Vic Stones. Yeah, maybe. Either way, we are we are left with Clark being given the sports beat. Is this when Perry says, you'll have to head over to Gotham and don't let him take your lunch money? Um, yeah, he does. And <laughs> it's um, – I never noticed this before, but the, the look that Clark gives yeah. him when he says don't let him – like – and I know we've seen this, or I guess maybe maybe we haven't. I was going to say we've seen this before, but I think we see it. I've seen it before because it happens later in the movie. So we haven't seen it yet in the context mm. of the podcast. Perry's got this, like, the way that he picks on Clark <laughs> is so, like, I know he wears the glasses and he's, like, doesn't, he's not all Superman, but, like, he's way less of, like, a golly gee Clark Kent than, like, previous versions have been and so per- for perry to be like this is the guy that i'm gonna that i'm gonna give a hard time yeah <laughs> like, it's just like i really-, really i really love it because i went to an unall boys high school and the teachers i would get along really well with the teachers that would kind of throw jabs at students because i had a sense of humor and could go along with it and perry strikes me as one of those guys that like as soon as he found out clark came from kansas he was mm-hmm. doomed you know it was constantly going to be you know, he's he's the small town, the hayseed, right? That yeah. you're not cut out for the big city. And if that is the case, then like we're kind of implied that that is the case because Clark, the expression on his face is just like, man, like give it a rest. Yeah, it's I mean, like an eye roll doesn't even sum it up. It's it's so just like. Like, it's almost like a Jim Helpert look at the camera. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's borderline fourth wall breaking where he's just like, what is this guy's deal? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like my lunch money. Like, is that the best you can? I don't even know what this is. What did I do to you? <laughs> like, it isn't bullying. It, it is like him teasing him. And it is mm-hmm. funny that it is the guy who he is, who he is that <laughs> I don't know. I really, like you said, it was the first time I noticed Henry Cavill's. Uh, expression of yeah, like I need to boy, it must that be every now. single time he says something to him. It is a shot about him being like, you know, hey, make sure the big city. He, he probably wants to like open his shirt and be like, dude, I'm fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Superman. I've uh, literally, I guess he has to play the part of that though. That would be the one way that he can't yeah. suggest that he is worldly or anything. It is, no, I guess I just came from Kansas. So this is kind of the big city. Yeah. And you know, uh, maybe it's just him kind of accepting the role. Yeah. But yeah, it's just funny because like it's a look of like, I've had those people before where they'll like tease me nonstop and they'll like think that they've got my number or something. And really it's just that they're like not clever and I don't know yep. how to like zip back at them without being insulting. Yeah. It makes me like Clark more. Yeah. It's like we could have. Yeah, exactly. It's like we could have some playful banter here, but like I feel like you're going to get offended before I do. Yeah. And so I'm just not going to say anything, but somehow you're interpreting that as like you getting under my skin. And so mm-hmm. now like you smell blood in the water and really I'm just kind of tired of your crap. <laughs> like that's like that's, I feel this look from Clark. I'm like, I've been there. Yeah, it's yeah. Like- Especially after Man of Steel, where that was established so well between 
Lois and him. Yeah. And obviously, like, we saw Clark never picks a fight, never raises his voice, so he kind of just has to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like Perry in Man of Steel, that's one of my favorite parts of that movie, is how he is kind of stern with Lois out of respect. Well, and Lois can shoot it back, though. Exactly. And Clark never would. So that means Perry is just going to keep throwing jabs at him. You know, like yeah, I, have exactly. the, I have the feeling that if Clark like stood up from the desk and was like, I think I'll be fine. Perry would kind of, you well, know, like. I, I, I know exactly what Perry would say if he were to, if Clark were to like show minor frustration, he'd be like, Jesus, Kansas, I'm just giving you a hard time. No exactly. longer, no, no, yeah, no yeah. reason to have your feelings hurt. I'm like, my feelings aren't hurt. You're just yeah. <laughs> like, you think yeah. you're more clever than you are. Like, let's yeah. like break his desk in half, but like he can't because he's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has. Perry also has uh, what is oh, every, man. Now that I'm thinking, every single line he delivers in this movie is fantastic. I don't. He he must have had. There's no way he didn't have fun as Perry White. Like every single yep. line he's given in both, like in Man of Steel, but like especially in this movie, he's like he's yeah. almost as good. And I don't know. Some people might consider this sacrilege, but like it's almost as good as like J. Jonah Jameson in the uh, in the the Sam Raimi movies. Like, it's, it's different. Like, it's not quite on that level, but in the way that he's just nonstop, like, every single line is, like, cutting like that, it's um, it's yeah. amazing. And, you know what? We may learn that Clark may find other ways to kind of resist Perry that force him to kind of throw those jabs at him whenever he gets the chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It actually might be kind of his way of getting back instead of <laughs> verbally responding. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm not going to write that stupid sports headline. <laughs> Yeah, if you can handle it. Yeah. You know, um, we will soon find out that Clark can't really, but, uh, but that is all this minute holds. I think it, it, it ends with Jenny pointing out, um, that something is being broadcast on the TVs in the newsroom. And it's good that we, we covered Perry because that was a lot of fun. And this is about to get very sad very quickly yeah. <laughs> for Lois, for Clark, for Jenny, pretty much the world after we see what Wallace Keefe has decided, what message he's decided to send to Superman. That's kind of in vogue lately. People sending messages to him. Poor guy. Well, that will do it for Minute 36. Until next time, don't let him steal your lunch money, Kent. My mom, when I was a kid, thought I was going to be a sociopath because, or I was a sociopath, I guess, 